2: It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency up, man. in their you lives. Fire me up, me up! Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll! Let's roll! Marcus, Marcus, Marcus! You know what I what fires me up? You want to hear it? Yes. <laughs> what fires me up is when we get a badass woman on the show. That fires me up all the time. A badass woman? Yep, fires me up all the time. Well, I, I mean... it. I'm
1: married to one dude, so... so that, you're right. She is. Dana, she, Yeah.
2: I mean, Dana is a, a, an incredible person. She is a, one of the top commentators in the country. She, you know, she's passionate. She's intelligent. It, you know, I mean, it's just... It, to, to have her coming on today, man, that gets me fired up. Right. <laughs> and if you're listening right now, And you're here and you're back because you're you're becoming a dedicated loyalist to the TNQ podcast. Marcus and I want to thank you. If you want to know more about why we're doing this, what our mission is, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. If you if you really get fired up, go to our, our, our teamneverquit.com, go to the merchandise, get some t-shirts, give them to your friends, join the team never quit. If you need a speaker that's going to get your organization fired up in the new year or whenever, you know, go to our team never quit speakers. They're all vetted and, and, and squared away because uh, this is what we believe in. I mean, this is why Marcus is out there creating it. This is why we're together on the show is to expose people around the world to that never quit mindset. And today we got a doozy, cause Dana is filled with that never quit, isn't she, bud?
1: Absolutely, man. She, and the the perspectives, the unique perspectives, and everything that she had been through and what she's accomplished. So I'm I'm looking forward to it,
2: man. But before we do that, guess what the wizard gave us, bud? Uh, that's debatable segment. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so that's what we're gonna do. I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. All right, wizard, send the first one at us.
0: Gentlemen, welcome to that's debatable. Thirty seconds on the clock. Question number one: Which superpower is more powerful, mind reading versus invisibility?
2: <laughs> that's easy, dude. That's easy. If I go clear on you, you're done, dude. You can't, cause you can't see me. You can't do nothing.
1: I can read your mind. I don't. I don't have to see you to read your mind. I can. If I can feel that presence, if I can look. I don't. I mean, I'm. You just know I'm right there, don't you? Yeah, I can feel it in your mind.
2: No, I, I, You're just you, making your
1: outward disappear, kind of like the predator.
2: But the energy's camouflage. still there, right? The energy's
1: still there. It can't be destroyed. Or and you be concept. A, what
2: if I could train my mind that's, that's to go blank?
1: Well, then you would have achieved zen, my brother, <laughs> and had the answer to what most people are looking for.
2: If you can you make your mind go blank. All right, I, I think you got that one pretty good.
0: Question number two: Hans Landa, the Nazi inspector in Inglorious Bastards, versus Hans Gruber, Die Hard.
2: <laughs> I got you on this one,
1: dude. You, yeah, you do, man.
2: Hans Gruber was mean. He was a
1: badass, but it, but Landa, but, dude, my my dude was That's awesome. Hardcore, when,
2: when, he, when he says, I don't want to do any diss. May I have a cup the, of milk? Oh,
1: <laughs> dude. I hadn't thought about that that movie in a while. The Glorious Badger? Man, he did a great... That He should have got an Academy Award for oh, that.
2: Oh, it's one of the best written movies ever. I mean, I watch that thing anytime I see it coming on. You know what I mean? All right,
1: so... Anybody I, go toe-to-toe with Bruce, though? I mean we're talking, ki- about John, y- we're talking about yip, John McClane. John McClane's ki- a badass,
2: right? <laughs> I, I'm still not going to go there, dude, because he was kind of a wuss at the end, Hans Gruber. You know? He, he couldn't fight. He wasn't that tough out of a window. Yeah, my dude, what I loved about my dude was he's got... He's his- still alive. That's how badass he is. That's he's how still badass. he was. He, he was such a dirty dealer, he's still alive. Got
1: the stick him on his forehead, right?
2: Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm going to tell myself I won that one.
0: Question number three. iPhone versus Android. Go.
1: Yours blow up and harm people. There's- Brother,
2: you can't even go on a plane with mine. That's how vicious mine is. On top of that, my screen quality's better. I got a little stylus you can write with. I mean, my thing is the latest technology not only in software, hardware, but also killware. So beat that with your little iPhone.
1: I think your vicious tendencies are going to... You know, anybody who can't get away from their phone and the amount of time it takes for it to blow up, you know, travelers, anybody on vacation, anybody who gets in a car, a train, goes <laughs> outside, interacts with anybody in the public, probably going to not want to have your phone. They're gonna to want to have mine because it doesn't blow up.
2: I, I, there is a there is I, you there know there is I, a coolness about
1: <laughs> a phone that blows right, up. You know, like Navy SEALs should carry it. Spies, in you know you need to leave it somewhere or whatever. I get that. Turn part it of on it. and, and, that, and there, yeah, that part of me digs that man, and I, I I I'm with you on that. But I'm just thinking in the overall you know, the holidays. Of poly- of- because we got the with well, the hoverboards <laughs> that blow up, right? You need your Android. Are those made by the same company?
2: I don't know, but it's sad that a company in 2016 can't make a phone that doesn't blow up. <laughs> right? But I know I'm going against my argument, but I'm sticking to it.
0: Question number four. Which condition is worse? Insomnia versus narcolepsy.
2: i tell you what I do. I, I Narcolepsy's odds because I just be full tilt and all of a sudden I'll just go down. You know what I mean? Insomnia, man. I got to stay up all day long, dude. I can't go to sleep. I can't do nothing. It's ridiculous, bro. Have you ever met anybody with narcolepsy? No. Me neither. Like
1: real? I, no. Not I've real. I've had none. insomnia. So have you. Yeah, yeah. Non-stop. I mean, thank God. I mean, look at what I got in front of me right here, right? Yeah, the yeah. Computers. yeah, Insomniacs have stuff to do now. I mean, it's not just suffering in the middle of the night, staring up at the ceiling or or anything like that. So there's a. There's but when
2: your brain shuts down and just it says night night time, I mean, yeah. That's while gotta, you're driving, that's got to be scary, right? That's got to be scary. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a take insomnia all day long on that
1: one.
2: <laughs> well, there you have it. There's our segment of that's debatable. <laughs> that whole segments debatable. <laughs> you. Yeah, I uh-huh. hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so let's move on. Let's move on to welcoming our guests now. If you don't know who this person is, then come out of the hole you're living in because, you know, she, this woman is amazing. She was with Megyn Kelly through the, the whole election. She had, you know, she was going big on her own show on Blaze TV. You know, I mean, she is a real pioneer of, of strong women conservatives, you know, pounding their fists for the Second Amendment and all things conservative, man. And 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 I got to tell you, dude, when I first discovered her, I was like, all right. She's a little tough out there. Maybe two, you know? But then I was like, man, her facts are dialed in. And I know you you know her, right?
1: Spot on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot on, man.
2: So what do you say? Without further ado, let's bring on Dana Lash. Well, now I've been waiting for this show I'm waiting for this interview. Waiting for this incredible person, this woman, who I am a massive fan on it because she tells it like it is. And Marcus, we got her. She's on. She's finally here. She's finally with us. And I'm hoping she's actually packing heat on the other end of this line right now. Is that true, Dana? Are you packing heat right now?
0: It is quite true. Double heat. I mean, you know, why not? It's <laughs> Yeah,
2: always. When you, yeah,
1: when you get your luggage, <laughs> they hand that hand it back to you. <laughs>
2: They hand you your, your, your Louis Vuitton and your six-shooters. Hey, you go, no, ma'am.
0: <laughs> well, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys.
2: Well, we appreciate it so much, you coming on. And, uh, you know, this is such an honor. Uh, we're going to just jump right in. I know you got to get ready to go on air, and we're so privileged that you'd spend some time with us and with our listeners, because they're just here to hear an know, amazing she's story. she's better
1: at this than we are. She's a lot
2: better, You dude. know what I'm talking about? So it's always
1: good. Gotta, I, I, I watch what I say now. <laughs> make sure oh, I'm no, no, take because no, like, no. you oh, know when no, I take no. off I be like man I hope that made sense
2: uh, well I, I tell you we got a professional on so it's gonna be good all right Dana the way we roll the, the way we jump in and the way we go big is we gotta get your brain warmed up right we gotta we, we gotta get right. that that let's stretch, let's stretch it out I love it that's what I was looking for uh here comes the mad minute go Marcus
1: movie character you'd like to play out in real life.
0: Movie character I'd like to play out in real life. Oh my gosh, uh, Wyatt Earp from Tombstone. Awesome.
2: The whole whole
1: roll, yeah, man, epic, just good one. Great answer, right?
2: <laughs> I, I, I am stunned. I don't even know. I what mean, to- even the
1: hard, the hardest some bitches we've had on here, man, we we'll throw some down, and that's yep, a good one.
2: Dude, that was awesome. All right, all right. Uh, who is the person that you would love to get drunk with?
0: Oh my gosh. Oh man. This and this was a hard one. I don't even. Know. Oh, this is where I think you guys got me. The person I would most like to get drunk with, you know, I actually think it's my husband.
2: That's awesome. That's the awesome. That's why you married him, <laughs> right? Right? Because because you know when we're when you're drunk and you and you acting a fool, it's got to be someone That's
0: who the only man that can handle that That's exactly. exactly.
2: You can know what that. you're dealing
1: with, right? When that ha- <clears throat> never I love mind. Favorite,
0: Favorite superhero.
1: Favorite superhero is.
0: Uh, I have to say, I think my favorite superhero is Captain America. Ah, oh, that's awesome.
2: My He's sitting right over here on my shoulder, staring at me. Marcus has Spider Man looking down. I got Captain America right here with me. So that's, that's awesome. awesome. Right. I love All that. Right. What was the first vehicle you ever owned?
0: It was a Buick Skyhawk, and it was just about falling apart. And I had a hole in the floorboard. And whenever I would turn left, the horn would honk. <laughs>
1: Hey, dude! <laughs> you want to talk about something that teaches humility? If you if your if your horn on your car goes off randomly, especially if it's a hard—I mean, we drove a ours did that too, Dan.
0: It was really it was really awkward to drive around because everybody thought I was a mad driver, and it was just because I had some there was some wiring, and it the, the the fix would have been more expensive than the car itself. It was just a rust bucket, but you know, it was my first car, so I was proud yeah, of it.
1: And now she can't turn left. <laughs>
2: it's the scar it's the scar (laughs) i love where you where your mind works dude Uh all right go for it are we still going yeah one more one more each one more each if you could sing
1: any song as good as the artist who sings it halftime super bowl which song
2: would it be
0: acdc back in black
2: dude i mean she just dropped that like it didn't even it didn't even phase her
0: that is one of my favorite
2: bands
1: ever. Have you seen the Hot Matrix Scale? The whole unicorn thing—that you know, the which these, one? That, the the Hot Matrix Scale, <laughs> and there's the unicorns that exist. I, I'm every these answers just qualifying into the unicorn category. Category just so <laughs> unique. Like <laughs> Melly's
2: a unicorn. That's why I married her. Marcus, are you talking to our listeners in Day and Dan Lash about the unicorn categories right now on air? Because that warms my heart, brother. Oh, the hot matrix <laughs> I How know is that? what that is. I know what the
0: unicorn a category is. I know. I know. Oh. Uh, obviously,
2: I know
1: you. I mean, I. Yeah. Right. Did I go down somewhere we shouldn't? No, no I love it. I'm just going
2: to end it right there. On do the you unicorn. know what I'm talking
1: about? I, she does. I don't bro, know if you do. I love
0: it. I love it. All right. All right. <laughs> that
2: that is the mad minute. <laughs> Thank you, Dana, for tolerating our our ridiculousness. But I, I think. Uh, Everybody's fired up. Everybody's having fun. So we're going to pivot a little bit. As, as you may or may not know, our listeners come to us because they're facing adversity. They're, they're struggling to get over those obstacles of life. The combat of life is hammering them. The negative insurgency is deep in their soul. And they're coming here to f- listen to really amazing human beings tell great stories. So if you could, would you share with our listeners your greatest never quit story?
0: My greatest never quit story, man, there's been some really good ones on your all's podcast. So that's going to be kind of tough to top. I, I'll, I'll put it like this. When I was a kid, uh, I was raised by a single mom and she was from all my family's from the Ozarks. Uh, my mom was a single mom. She worked three jobs so that we didn't go on government assistance. And during the summers, we had to move up to the city. So it was just me and her. And it was kind of, you know, kinda, it's the loneliest place in the world to me is a city because you, you you can be completely lonely and no one will ever know but you know out in the you know out in the country in some of these small towns no one ever lets you be alone that's a, <laughs> that's just good kind of and bad experience. even even if you want them to they won't but um my I went down and I stayed in the country with my grandparents while my mom went up and worked and I just I remember when I was going through high school, I wanted to go to college, and I was really working hard on my grades, making sure I had good grades, but trying to get as you know as many scholarships and all this stuff as I could get mm-hmm. and I knew that my mom wouldn't be able to afford to send me to college, so I had to really work hard, and one of the things that I did Um, I studied classical ballet for 17 years, but I really liked to write, and I really liked to talk with people, and I liked to hear their stories, and I wanted to hear where they came from and what their experiences were, and I started, I got into that listening to my grandpa talk a little bit about World War II. When he was in the VA, I used to go up and visit him when he was real sick in the hospital, and then I would listen to him and all of these other veterans talk about their experiences, and it was, and it's, that's, I mean, that's, if you want to become a really good reporter, you go and, and you go to a VA and you listen to people talk about their experiences awesome. and that really, it's, that's, you really refine your skills that way. Yes, ma'am. And I just, I developed, I just really had a passion for that and so i started writing about his story and um entering all these essay competitions any essay competition i could enter i would do it so that i could try to win and get enough money to go to college and ultimately i was able to we were able to pay for my way to college by doing that wow. and it 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 was it was hard and i did a lot of homework but it was worth it and um some of the i, I just really i just loved that i loved Uh, being able to to share those stories and to talk with people and collect those. And even though I do a lot of commentary now, one of my my favorite things to do is really like the feature pieces, like the old, up in the old hotel, Joe Mitchell type stuff, really listening to people tell their story and sharing that because there are so many, you know, honestly, you know, guys, some of the most amazing stories, they don't come from the coast, they come from that flyover section. And I love telling those stories. And I love, you know, hearing about, you know, people share these real life experiences. And so that's, I, I think that was the hardest thing to do because while my, my friends were going out, I, I was staying home revising drafts, draft after draft after draft. Right.
2: Um,
0: trying to make sure that it was as good as possible before I sent it off because I didn't want to embarrass myself or embarrass my grandpa cause I was talking about <laughs> him in a lot of these. Um, and so that's, that's, That's kind of how I ended up. That's that to me. That was that was one of the harder things that I did because you really have to put yourself out there, and people are are judging you. They're not just they're not really judging your story. They're judging how well you can talk about it and how well you tell it, and uh, your writing and your intellect and being able to convey these experiences. And you want to make sure that you're doing these you're giving these experiences the respect that they deserve by making sure that you are adequately and and conveying them and conveying them in a proper fashion. And so that was it was tough, but I think it set me up, uh, to do what I love, uh, later on in life, which is what I'm doing now. But that, I, I
2: love that story because one, just I, I obviously anybody who dances in classical trained ballet, it has dedication in, in and in a work ethic. I mean, I, the first time I ever got exposed to I mean that, and you, you you must have some ugly feet. Is that true? Is that, are your feet still all? That is true. The amount of, I what are you like, supposed to ask? They, See, m- this you from no,
1: Florida, hold on, man. Hold on, In Texas, hold on. you don't ask. Me you're out. not supposed to ask a woman about. That. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, hear that's, me that's, that's a weird look on my face over here right now, Dude,
2: <laughs> Hear me out. Let me make my point. Please. I just want
1: to say on the record, Dana, I did. I was on this side of the room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. So, uh, anybody. Anybody that can break their toes that many times and still go back for the pain is, is, and to be creative physically, then to translate that into mental developmental creativity and cognition is a wild shift. And Dana, did, yeah. did you ever know prior to, like, did you write po- poems or sonnets before? Why, why was it these stories? Was it just that? when your grandfather would tell the stories, they would move you so much that that moved you to, to uh, move into this entire different creativity because you had to be that inspiration, but that's a dramatic shift. What was it that got you there? Exactly. It
0: it was, I I think it's because um, I, I, because I, 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 really spent a lot of time in between like rehearsals and I didn't have much of a life in high school because, you know, we were, uh, you know, I was constantly in rehearsal and constantly practicing and all that stuff. And, and downtime, I just, whenever I would get writing assignments in school, I always blazed through them and I would get really good grades. And I just really enjoyed, they were the assignments that I loved doing the most. And I started writing a lot um, in, in downtime, just separate from class and, and all of that. I never thought it would actually, that would be the way, that would be the thing that would get me in college. That would be my first job that would actually take me to where I am now. But that's, you know, it did that. And in transitioning, you know, when I was sitting in there, my, my grandfather, he, so he was on, um, he, he was on the USS Alabama when he was out with the civic and he got exposed to some of the fallout. And that, uh, because of the radiation that hit him, he developed cancer. It was a very, it wasn't super aggressive, but it was a slow growing cancer. And over like 30 or 40 years, he had like a number of things removed, but it finally, I mean, that's ultimately, even though he was in his eighties, I think the man would have lived no joke to be 110 years old. We used to joke that that we used to say, well, if there, if there was ever a nuclear fallout, the things that are going to live afterwards are going to be grandpa, Nokia phones and cockroaches because (laughs) this man, you know, he was. He was this farmer from Southern Missouri. He was super tough. He was just a total, he was just so tough. And it raised eight kids and, and went through some really bad times. And he always powered through. And I think what inspired me the most almost was what he didn't say. Right. The things, the information that he skimped on. And I know there were certain things that he really just, you know, there's certain things guys don't talk about. And it was just, I mean, it was really amazing to hear the stories these were this this was the kind of stuff i would never hear from anybody that was in my generation i would never hear any stories like the stories that he and these other guys were telling and i just i i just found it so unbelievably inspiring and i kept thinking more people should hear about this because there are so many lessons and just some of the simple stories that he would tell and after my grandpa passed away one of uh one of the the things that we did we went out to pearl harbor and i felt like i was chasing him through history that's cool uh, looking at all of these historical photos and i i felt like i was trying to follow in his footsteps by through all of these black and white photos and finding his name here and and looking to see if i could see his image here which is because it felt like i was following a famous person Chase and so assault. we were on the uss missouri yeah it was just an amazing experience and and listening to him talk about this I could talk about it forever well,
2: I, I oh, hear yeah. that and you hear your reverence for him in in your voice and and what's amazing is is the reverence for his story was able to translate into your purpose and passion. Now when you shifted and got into you know blogging, I guess in particular is what you know catapulted you, obviously I you know every great writer move into higher level media uh, positions. You know, nobody's like, oh, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> so what what were right, some yeah. of the struggles that you faced making that pivot and then along the way and just keeping at it? And why did you keep at it?
0: Well, I think that when I first got involved with it, I did my own website. I, I coded my own site, and um, this was back in, like, 2000, and I was I, anonymously criticizing media. And it was just a real smart, like, little blog. And uh, it was, you know, it was, I, I was, it was mean. I was like a little dog yipping and at all you these hate newspapers. And the most now, right? Yeah, I know, exactly. I was just going at them because I thought they were biased. I had a daily column in a, uh, or a weekly column in a big daily newspaper. And they got mad at me when I started talking about, uh, it was a lifestyle column. And I started talking about firearms. And that was, I think the most, that was the first wall that I hit. I, I learned, I always knew that people kind of hated how I felt about certain issues, but they really hated how I felt when it was given space and newsprint and they really went after me. And I was probably maybe like 24 at the time. They really went after me. And, um, it was a, it was a big thing in St. Louis. And that's one of the, I, I was so aggravated. I don't, I never felt demoralized. I just got, I just got ticked off and I thought the the harder they push back, I'm just going to push doubly hard. I am going to make them accept me because they have to, they, they're they going to have to acknowledge me. And so that's what I wanted to do. I always thought, you know, the, the best revenge is success. And so I, you know, I feel vindicated now at this point, but um, I was going to fight tooth and nail uh, to, and they can accept it and I was really glad to see a lot of other like-minded people uh, not really give up in the new media sphere right. because that's where everything's going and you know they that that side that that type of thinking runs it so I I was I'm pleased. I feel vindicated Well it's
2: it's pretty cool I, mean, I you know it's it's like the fight came to you right and and then you, you accepted it and then because you were in that fight Marcus talks about this and he and I talk about this all the time is that the only way you hone your skills is to get into battle and, get, and go to the fight. You can train and train and train. You can write as many drafts as you want. But it, it's when you put it out for that consumption that it's real. And And so I, I hear right. – it's no, what a, locks it in. What right. do you mean locks it in? What do you Drives mean? Drives it
1: home. When you, when you actually have to go out and, and you get into both sides of it, you experience it yourself, you, the good and the bad of it, you're – your perception of it and your perspective of it is different. Right. I think people know that about right. her and they that's why you rely on somebody more when they say something.
0: Right. And I, and I think, I think too, you know, you were talking about the ballet stuff. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it seems screw through, but the ballet, I'm telling you what, it, that is some mental, there's a lot of stuff in black Swan. That's actually not far from far, far off, but it—it it, it is, it drains you physically and mentally. You have to be completely focused and you're constantly judged, and it's you know, it's an excruciating devotion. That's the only way I can put it. And I, I think I've always kind of been like that with stuff that I approach. And you know, for like my book and all that stuff, I, I didn't rely on researchers. I don't have a research team. I don't have a PA. I don't have. I mean, it's just me and my husband. And uh, we still, you know, we have our kids, and you know, we just it's um I I I enjoy what I do, and I just get I just get very focused on it. And I think it sort of carried over into that.
2: Well, focus is a big deal for sure. And, and, you know, I, yeah. I think as you look at you, as you keep, you know, your ascension keeps moving as, as you know, you, as not only the, the commentator, but as you know, disseminating new books, and I'm sure you're writing a new book and you got new ideas coming out and, and probably different other amazing things. And by the way, I, I really loved a lot of your coverage and working with Megan Kelly and, I just was uh thought you gave such a fresh perspective a real perspective that uh, you know like you said the middle of the country and a lot of other places weren't being heard actually it goes all the way Yeah I know <laughs> and and that was cool do do you feel like the fight your greatest fight is still ahead of you though I
0: think the fight is always here um, it's, it's just the privilege of living in a free society and you have to constantly attend to it. I mean, that's, that's a really weak homage to Jefferson, but I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, you, you can't really, you can't really take a break and I would never want to live in a society where I could, I, I, I always, that means you're, you know, like it, that. Be, if you have problems, it means you're living. Well, if you have stuff to deal with, that means you live in a free society. So I, I mean, the the fight is always going to be there because it just takes one generation to screw everything up. You know, you have safe space people and all this crap that's going on. <laughs> but um, I, which I just can't, I just can't deal with that. Uh, participation trophy generation, whatever they call it. But um, it's just I mean, it's just one one generation is all it takes, and I don't ever want that on my conscience that I contributed to that generation where like my kids grow up and they ruin everything. But Um, no, I mean, it's, it's the, I think the fight is always there. I don't, I don't know if I've been through the biggest battles yet. I mean, I've had some pretty serious stuff that, I mean, nothing close to what you guys have ever dealt with. Uh, but you know, on a, on a, in a different ballpark that's down the road, maybe in another state, uh, I've had, (laughs) had, uh, you know, just some things that I've dealt with, but no, I mean, I think that I think the fight is always there, which is good because I enjoy, I enjoy the fight. Um, there was one. Uh, it what was it. I think it was Jackson that says, uh, I, "I'm born for the storm. A calm doesn't suit me," and that, that that describes it pretty well. That's a
2: great. Well, it it shows. You know, when every time I see you, or you know, you're on your own show or listen to your you know your radio show, you, you hear that fight in you and you hear that desire to want to go get in there and, and 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 preach your message. Uh, One of the questions I got for you, and and you know, Marcus and I are a couple knuckle draggers just getting into this whole thing and. Um, it, it, does it ever, do you ever get to a point where you're like, you know, did I, did I go too far? And, and I mean, are you, do you ever have to deal with that because you're reaching so many people or do you even consider that?
0: Every day, somebody, and, they'll, and I mean, I'm sure you guys hear this too, with what you do every day people say, do you, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. I mean, I don't, I don't judge other people's reactions as to whether or not I've, I've gone too far before I even say anything or before I do anything. I always, I mean, you can tell whether or not something, a thought or, uh, an idea that is it, you know, oh, is it something I should say? Is it something, I mean, you can kind of weigh that out, but in terms of, you know, fighting for liberty and uh, speaking the truth, you will never go too far speaking the that's truth cool. as long as you're speaking the truth, you don't ever have to worry if the truth is on your side, there is no limit to how far you can go and the only people that are telling you Amen. that you're going too far by speaking the truth those are the people that just they just want to preach lies and I don't listen to those people yeah. exactly exactly uh, that's awesome, all right,
2: all right, last question for you. And and, and, and you know, I mean that's what makes I'm sorry no, no go just, go
1: that's go what makes y'all's job so important I mean because where does the truth uh,
2: lay in the I masses? mean because
0: exactly the
1: military we carry a weapon we go out we do our deal I mean if you you gotta understand man if it gets if something metastasized in a bad way in what you do for a living well bring down the country that's what you're yeah. talking about yeah plain and simple I mean that's just bringing it down so the those of you that stand that that line that y'all's baseline. The con- keeping that sure. constitution, keeping the truth out there. And, and, uh, cause it's man in the world y'all live in now. We all live in them with this social media. It's so easy to spend. So- cause I mean, well, we just saw it. I we mean, just you saw can spend it big something time. and it just, half the world will still believe it no matter what, man. So those, Right. It's uh, a, and you you hit
0: on something super important. I think you hit on something super important, particularly with all this talk about fake news, because, you know, the journalism profession, journalism never began to be objective. I mean, Ben Franklin started the paper so he could talk smack about uh, somebody under an assumed name which is funny. But the thing is, is that people have to have pride and they have to have ethics. <laughs> and there are some, I think there are some reporters out there, some journalists out there that do a pretty good job of making a guess where they stand politically. I should always wonder if someone is right or left. I shouldn't i shouldn't know. But the thing is, if they're going to be right or left, you at least be transparent about it. But the problem with media is that A, everybody wants to wants to be first with something. They want to be first, not accurate. And then secondly people want to be influencers more than they want to be distributors of truth. And that's a huge problem because you have a lot of individuals who are in news, who are in the news media, but they want to be players in the political system. And they want to be able to influence. They want to be close to power so that they can influence it and they can siphon off a little bit of that so that they can influence other people. And that's the problem because the reporter should never be the star of the show. In fact, the best stories, you should never know who the reporters are except to say that person wrote a really dang good story.
2: Right. It's almost like, you know, in your world out there, Dana, everybody's trying to be more outrageous than the next person. And some of the commentary they use, and and it's like the news isn't the news. The news is how outrageous you can be. And it's really distorting that truth that is so critical for us. All right. So let's say I, there is a young person out there, or a person working on a small town paper, a small town blog, or in social media or somewhere, and they're struggling. They're getting ready to quit, Dana, because they can't take you know the the lack of truth. They're they're getting ready to quit because they're tired of you know how other people make things more fantastic just to be heard or seen or shown. What are the you know two or three things that you can tell that individual right now, right here in this show? To not quit.
0: Well, as as fantastic and untruth and in spin as some of these people in media are going to be, one of the first things that people starting out in media need to realize is that they need to be equally as fantastic in truth. And you can be over the top with truth. You can shove truth in somebody's face, which is fun. Uh that's <laughs> great party. You know? I mean it's a lot of fun to do that. I love it. And New media gives them that platform to do it. They have a multitude of different ways that they can just—they can be over the top, fantastical with truth. And that's one of the things you're going to have to do to break through the noise. Because right now, everybody likes, in absence of being able to convey graphics and headlines, people like to use over the top headlines as clickbait, right. just so they can get somebody in for five or ten seconds on the page. Well, you can do that with truth. You need to be truthful and you need to realize that your reputation with one wrong story, there goes your reputation. And and, and people are, uh, America loves a good comeback story and they love redemption. This is the second thing. But in media, there's almost zero redemption, particularly if you are of a certain mindset. There is no redemption for you if you screw up one time. So you got to stay in your game. The third thing is don't believe a damn thing that anybody in J school ever told you. <laughs> They're all liars. They're all wrong. Don't believe a single one of them. And the Oxford comma is, is law Oxford comma. That's a nerd thing. That's total law. <laughs> but don't believe any of these J school professors and don't believe any of the senior fellows that Mr. Jim, whatever. Is that, is that why they're professors? J school. They were good journalists. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't believe any of these people. Yeah, these right. people like to stay in their, and their tenured little classrooms and they never get out to meet people. And the third thing or the fourth thing in order to actually write about people, you have to go out and be ab- among them. You can't just sit in New York or LA in one of these skyscrapers and think that you're going to actually be able to be the Joe Mitchell of your time and tell the stories of your day. You have to go out and challenge yourself, talk to people, tell the stories of the country. And, and, and the last thing that I think this is fifth, the fifth thing is to omit any ego. You cannot be uh. a good journalist and have an ego because if you do, that ego is going to get in the way of the story and it is going to cripple your ability to write. It is going to cripple your ability to tell a good story. There are commentators a dime a dozen. There are people who can be journalists and they can be commentators, but then there are people who can really tell the story and we don't have enough of those people because everybody wants to be a television star. Everybody wants to have a contributor contract, but I tell you what, the people who tell the stories and showcase who Americans are and what we believe in. And you tell those things that New York and LA don't want to pay attention to. And you do it without being ironic or smart look about oh, it. I hate that. That's the stuff that will weather the test of time.
2: Wow. I'll tell you what, Dana, your, your grandfather is probably incredibly proud of you looking down on you right now. And, and, and oh, those, thank you, guys. those stories, I just think to myself, how, uh, an old man, an old vet's influence on a on a young young woman has uh, contributed heavily to shaping the uh, you know a consciousness, a modern consciousness of, of today. And I I just appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate your tenacity and just thank you so much for coming and sharing that all with us and our our, our listeners. Yeah, man. that was great. Uh,
1: thank you.
0: David, Marcus, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for what you do. And I, I enjoy your podcast. I mean, you guys are a blast. And <laughs> I love that you're out here doing what you do. You guys have such a great perspective on stuff. It's so fun.
2: <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to maybe getting you back on in the future with your next. We'd love to. Awesome. Well, God bless you, Dana. Take care. Uh-huh.
0: God bless you guys. Thanks so much.
1: You too. Later. girl.
2: Dude, I'll tell you what, I, I hear those stories all the time about hanging out with grandpa, hanging out with uncle for war too. I never had that. Never had that. Oh, yeah. ne- never had somebody I could go and hang out and hear their stories like that until I got in the military and, right. and then it made, you know, as it, may, it just made you appreciate Mark. Did you have that growing oh,
1: yeah. up? Yeah, absolutely. On both sides. Really? Yeah. Multiple generations from uncles, everything. So it's. I know exactly where she's come from. It's kind of one that gets you fired up about being an American. But I, well, the whole time she was saying talking about that, I was just thinking, I was like, man, you know what it meant to have all them by his side listen, listening to the, family. to the story? Right, as he's getting older. And, and the vigil,
2: and, too. That's all he got, really. Yeah.
1: After you slow down, you, you don't move as well and... Well, it tells you a lot about their family, too. Those yeah, people, that's you what know, I was thinking, You don't chip them off, sit sitting sit them in homes, yeah. let them out there and rot, man. They're at the, keeping the elders, we talked about this before, yeah, yep. keeping the elders around. Yep. It's a wealth of knowledge, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, man. It's funny to hear it. And then sometimes <laughs> it makes great sense, right?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, I mean... Uh, but I missed that with my grandfather's too, man. Did yeah, yeah, yep. they
2: used to bring you, you, you and Morgan around? Oh, yeah. and you'd sit down, absolutely. And from, they'd, they'd spin a, couldn't wait, couldn't wait, spin to hear the yarn. It. Or if you would, how do you? What do you call I had it? a couple
1: of uncles and, and and my godfather. Man, when we'd see his truck out in, in the in the driveway as we were coming down down the driveway, man, we would run in there. He'd already be set up at the table, him and my father and stuff like that, telling stories. And this man, I, it doesn't matter what he was talking about, right? right. And you just sit there and listen. And just the the Detail and the greatest part was he just had a story about every state, every city. And as I got older and started driving, I'd be like, I called him, I'd be lost, and called my father or one of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I know exactly where you exactly are at. And by the way, if you take a left on this road and go about ten miles, the steakhouse down there. Then you ain't gonna bleed. You know that. Yeah, kind of thing. they just know
2: all of that worldly right?
1: knowledge, yeah. dude. And that's, I mean, that passed down. Just imagine the story she's gonna be able to tell. Unbelievable. And she Unbelievable. was spot on about. Those journalists who just stay up in the studios and report the news, man. Now that these ki- these guys can take that camera with them and be in the junk, you got while it's going down and report it, and anybody can watch it. Stand by.
2: You got to get hungry. Yeah, you better be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I dig that. I mean, I, I really love the fact too that you know. I love her, her her work ethic is just, you know, that's why I pinged her on her her gnarled feet from ballet is because, Mm. you know, and, 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 you know, the first time I saw a professional ballerina.
1: You'd be in trouble for that
2: one. No, God, Dana, you know (laughs) I love you. I'm just. I'm I gonna stay in your ass on you this. Better not, you no, okay, better not. better not. Listen. I don't worry. it, it was. It
1: It was a, it was a compliment. Can, hopefully, right? you can walk out of my house without
2: being. Because <laughs> she does carry two guns and uh, her head. right. Dude, when she said I'm packing double heat, I was like, well, that makes sense. Right, throw that leg up and kick, kick. Be like, wow. Right <laughs> Did you hear yeah. what she said? She said she she destroys all the men on, on leg days because she's got oh, those answer. Like, that's that's awesome. Anyways. What was cool is that she took this, this, this event, right? This person, and was able to find that spark in her gut, her pat, you know, that created passion and purpose to become a great writer, writer, become a, a top-notch blogger, to become a top-notch journalist, to become one of the top commentators in the world, and and just from these stories, and I think that's what we do here on the Team Never Quit Podcast, right? I mean, great stories ignite legends, right? And so if you're listening, man, we want, again, we just really want to thank you. And for all the success you're giving us, we just really appreciate it. But two, man, you got a story in you. There's a story waiting to come out. If you believe in yourself, you're willing to have gnarled feet. You're willing to, you know, shift focus and find purpose and make, and that truth, right? That was the thing that was just that so poignant with what she was saying is how important the truth is.
1: I thought that was that was good when she was talking about that. And so true. If you think about it, I man, if someone gets up there and starts hammering home the truth as hard as people hammer home this spin, yeah. I mean it would it cut straight through that.
2: Yeah, it totally would. Wow. Well, that's all we got on the Team Never Quit podcast, this show, this edition. If you want to know more about us, vi- please visit our site at tnqpodcast.com. And when you get there, if you've got yourself an awesome story, please share it. We've got a share your story section. Leave a comment about your favorite story. And and you know what? If you want to be on the go and want to be able to have Marcus and I and, and our amazing guests in your ear whenever, whenever, you know, whenever you want. Just go to iTunes, subscribe to our show, download our, and and, and we'll be there when in your darkest hours and when the negative insurgency is just pounding the snot out of you. So I want to thank before I want to go, I want to thank my family, my friends for getting me through hard times. Uh, I want to thank Marcus. I want to thank God Almighty uh, for just giving me you know everything I have in this life. Marcus,
1: and thanks to everybody who keeps bringing us back. Right, and that's the best part about this, and then the, the, the opportunity to hang out with these amazing people and hearing their stories. And Dana, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, Dana, thank you. And um, thanks to all my friends, family, and uh, the good Lord above for letting me do this, man. I'm out. I'm out.